Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every few weeks we take <laughs> from our past and have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia-keeping or high praise classic films float, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Hun, I have a cat on my lap. Yep. This can only end in bites. Bites and possibly things getting knocked over. Yeah. Yeah, Probably uh, the, the, both. the tail has already been smacking the microphone before we got started. The bites are seemingly imminent. 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 Yeah, as I put my hand near his head and the mouth moves slightly towards it. Yeah. Yes, it's a. Uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> Don't bat on me. It's, it's a dangerous position I find myself in at the moment. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> without cats. Without cats and without danger. Mm. Yet. Without imminent danger. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. We are we are into the I guess today's episode is debuting on the first of February. It is. is. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're almost through January, which is the second worst month of the year. Insane. That... And into the totally worst month of the year we go with February. I can't At believe least it's short. I can't believe it's already February. I still don't have my running boards for my car. I should call them. I'll you probably should. You should. There's a they lot told me early on. 2022, and it's like, I mean, my running boards. I mean, technically, February is still early 2022. I mean, quarter one is, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, my God. 2022. What a mess. <laughs> Everything's been a mess since David Bowie died. Uh, everything. I, it feels like 2020 is still happening. It really <laughs> really does and even though so much time has passed i don't know how no it, it certainly doesn't if it wasn't for the fact that we moved i would have i would have felt like nothing the has passage changed. of time has just not happened yeah 100 percent. like <laughs> we had a lot of stuff happen last year and it still feels like and somehow we managed to keep the podcast going every week through all that and then 2022 we're like eh. it's because we built up a buffer and then we burned through it yeah, that's 100% what it is. Because yeah. you know what? Sometimes you just need time to... We had an eight-episode buffer, and then it was just like, ugh, I can't do it. <laughs> you I, know? And then we burned through that buffer. I don't have the pep-pep. Yeah. It was like, do you want a podcast where we just sound disinterested? Because I don't want that. No. And we'd skip I'd, a week, and we'd use one of our buffer episodes. Yeah, I'd rather, like... I wouldn't want to listen to a pod. There's several podcasts I've stopped li listening to over the years where they're obviously not wanting to be there either. And I'm like, I'm not going to listen to this if you guys don't want to be here either. Yeah. My favorite murder. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so disappointing. Like, and they would take breaks and stuff and everything, which is fine. Like, I, I was always fine with that. And like, but they'd come back and never refresh to do it, which I can understand. It's one thing to talk about movies every couple weeks and like movies we often like but sometimes don't which is funnier when we don't like them i think yeah but like i like true crime but i take breaks from true crime true crime is not my job mm -hmm. so yeah well i mean there's a podcast that i listen to that they completely like rebranded i i've told you about it how did this get played yeah yeah they they used to be about bad games or just weird games or or whatever yeah and i guess they were just like I hate playing bad games for yeah. work. So they, they they've rebranded the podcast is now just get played podcast. And, and they just talk about whatever they happen to be playing. And like, maybe they'll do an episode devoted to a game that they really like, which is really funny because the, they're like, they did two episodes that were basically like, here's how you would get used to the new format of like, this is what we're doing for the new format. The first episode after that was here's what we're looking forward to this year. And then the next episode after that was like a spotlight on a game that one of them really likes. And it's a game that I have no interest in. Oh. <laughs> and it was like, oh, what well, was the game? It was Street Fighter three, which I you mean, love Street Fighter. I don't love Street Fighter three so much. You know what, though? You know what? I could probably you know what? I'm going to go back and listen to it now because there was definitely. Oh, like, my God. The, OK. But this the, is not the, an advertisement for another podcast. I know, podcast. I know. Okay, forget it, forget it. We're going to talk about this podcast then. We're going to be talking about The Fugitive, which originally hit theaters back in 1993. I came home, there was a man in my house. He had an artificial arm. Are you saying that I killed my wife? Are you saying that I crushed her skull and that I shot her? Oh, my God. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. We have a fugitive that's been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injury, is four miles an hour. That will give you a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or dog house in this area. Go get him! Another year where I feel like humanity really peaked. But, you know, like 93 through 96, I think was maybe 97. Oh my God, it's like Seasons of the Simpsons. <laughs> when Simpsons stopped being good, humanity stopped being good? No, but like, think about it. Like, third season of The Simpsons, where things really pe- picked up, like, third season of, of 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> August 10th of 1993, Ruth Bader Ginsburg sworn in as a United States Supreme Court justice. Wow. So, I mean, again, peaked some time has passed since uh, can we go back to the 90s i just wish it was the 90s i know you wish it was the 90s always if you look at the stats of our movies this it's is your very pick. it's very obvious that you still wish it was the 90s and this is your pick it's 1993 i'm well aware it's my pick august 13th u.s court of appeals rules congress must save all email Oh, interesting. Early enough that that's, you know, something that they had to discuss. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. August 19th, Mattel and Fisher-Price toy companies merge. I forget. What was the big Mattel thing? Barbie? Well, yeah, yeah. Mattel was Barbie. Didn't they have something else? No, I'm thinking of Hasbro. Hasbro had everything uh, Hasbro, else. but Mattel is Barbie. Yeah. Like, that's really, that's, uh, is Barbie even, like, that popular anymore, though? I remember the last thing about Barbie that I remember seeing that was like, oh, man, Barbie, was she had like a Twitter account where they had like animated things Mm. where it was like, ask Barbie. And they would have like a CG Barbie that would like they have like a they had an actress on call who would answer these these things and they would email. So it'd be like emails and stuff. And but it would be like very proactive. Like it was good. Like everything, everything that people were talking about is like, I can't believe that this. This Barbie thing has got so much content, like good content, and also is like progressive and like positive. I mean, and- last I would say thirty years, Barbie has gotten a lot more progressive. Like think of all the like different like careers and body types and just like different people that they represent. Yeah, like they they've done a good job. And okay, yet, and yet Ken still has no genitals. That's a good thing. <laughs> August 19th, Kim Basinger weds Alec Baldwin. Oh, man. That's a power couple that was like, man, it'll never get better than this. Oh, they divorced. They divorced. And apparently it's an ugly divorce. Yeah. And, and we'll always have that episode of Simpsons where they're like so happily in love. And I want to go down a real rabbit hole. You should check out like the story of him and his current wife because like it's a rabbit hole. Oh. No, it's bizarre. Yeah. There's a real hunt for red like October her, for you. Her faking being Spanish. <laughs> what? She <laughs> pretended to be, and she still does to this day, but she's not Spanish because she basically knew someone who knew him and knew that he had a crush on Selma Hayek while they were filming 30 Rock. So she pretended to be Spanish because her family would spend time in Spain to get his attention wow and then it gets crazy wow there's like f- faked pregnancies that like resulted in babies but like surrogates wait that were- wait what oh yeah fake pregnancies that resulted in babies yeah because she wasn't actually the one pregnant and like what the f- <laughs> okay maybe this is now there's that- a podcast there's a for podcast you. you gotta be real careful life. right like this is all hearsay uh-huh but there's a lot of proof on the internet, but like it's the internet. So, I mean, yeah. I can't. How, how actual true is and it? This is what I read on the internet. So please don't quote me on it. I see. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyway, there you go. Do you want to know about the box office? Yes, please. 
Okay, so we all know the biggest movie of the summer of 1993 was... Uh, Sorry, my brain is broken. What was the biggest movie to come out in 1993? Jurassic Park. Ding dong. (laughs) Sorry, it took me a minute. But its run at number one was beaten by The Firm. Then uh, that was beaten by a Janet Jackson vehicle called Poetic Justice. And then the Sean Connery movie Rising Sun beat that. Rising Sun's 15 million debut was beaten by The Fugitive at 23.7 million, which broke Unforgiven's record for an August debut, which was 15 million, and Star Trek VI's debut for a movie based on a TV show, which was originally 18 million. It stayed at number one for six weeks, which was the longest streak of any movie in 93, and was finally beaten by a movie called Striking Distance at 8.7 million. And Harrison Ford, popular guy. Well, Tommy Lee Jones, too. Celia Ward, Julianne Moore. <laughs> Julianne Moore was Jane not Lynch. known at the time. Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch was also not known at the time. The top movies of the year were Jurassic Park at three hundred fifty-seven million, Mrs. Doubtfire at two hundred nineteen million, and The Fugitive at one hundred eighty-three point eight million. Meaning we've now covered the entire top three of nineteen ninety-three. Look at that! When he said what the 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 movie with the top box office in 1993 was, and you pointed at me. I don't know why, but my brain was like Titanic. And I'm like, that's not 1993 at all. My brain just broke. Wow. It's, 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 it's late. It's the end of the weekend. You know, we're in power down mode here. <laughs> wow. But yeah, there you go. That's big. We've done all the, the big box office movies in 93. That's fun. That's mm-hmm, well, this movie, I feel like you should go first with your memories because then we could just get that over with. I've never seen this movie before, the, but I've seen it spoofed in The Simpsons many yes, times. Yes. So there you go. So that's which was really funny because you're like, this is this this episode, right? I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Like you did that like twice during the movie. But yes, I did. I actually was going to get up to get a snack. And I was like, wait, I'm going to wait just a second because I know this is a Simpsons meme. Yeah, this is the Simpsons scene with Chief Wiggum, and <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw this movie. I didn't see this movie in theaters. <laughs> You're just thinking about that Mill scene. House. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> My glasses. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah, I, I saw this movie, not in theaters, but I saw it. It was a rental. And I remember, because I, you know, you, you're, you're, a lot of your taste comes from your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And they loved Harrison Ford. Therefore, I loved Harrison Ford. I mean, I, I do love Harrison Ford in then general. why don't you marry him? He'd never have me. I know. I was like, I would if he, <laughs> if he would. But I remember seeing this at my with my parents, and I remember really liking it at the time. And I also remember really liking the Tommy Lee Jones character, and like I found him very quotable. At like, really? as, I remember as a kid, I, I would say some of the lines. I, I couldn't remember like if when going into it, like the movie, like obviously there's the farmhouse, outhouse, blah, blah, that that thing. I remember. I remember being like, that character is like one of the best characters in a movie ever. Like you can see how that that character ended up with his own spinoff movie, right? Mm-hmm. But when we were leading up to watching the movie, I was like, I can't outside of the farmhouse outhouse thing. I can't remember thing that this guy said. Oh no, I don't care. That's, yeah, that, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, that's the other one. But which is funny because you it was probably different for you because The Simpsons plays that moment off as I don't care. Yeah. But meanwhile, in the movie, it's more I don't care because he's yelling over, over the, the water. water. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I remember really liking it. But it's a movie that it's not something I've ever added to my DVD collection or anything like that. So it's something that I haven't seen in literally decades. Like I, I, I might have seen it. I, f- I seem to remember watching it back when like city TV showed movies on TV one night. But besides that, I haven't seen it in years. Like I have, I have not seen this movie since the, uh, the invention of a DVD. Interesting. Okay. Well, I like that for you. It was very not cause like I find there, I have more fun. I think when it's, not as fresh mm-hmm. because then it's the the reaction is more genuine if you like i want to know if this is still something i i would like yeah 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Whereas like it's part of the reason why I held off on doing my favorite movie of all time for so long. Yeah. Fair. And the only reason we did it was because you picked it, you know. But yeah, no, you're 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 definitely right in that case. But since yeah, you have no memories of this movie and minor minor minor. Minor minor. Minor minor. Let's just get into it. Let's get into the movie itself. And and one thing I really like too, because obviously like it's the fugitive. Like it's about a guy who's like oh on the run and everything oh about boy. that. And my notebook is falling apart. Oh, okay, we're good. You need a new notebook. You good? <laughs> I don't even remember what this is about. Did you show up in your your notes to some <laughs> random thing? And you're I like, first noticed these cops ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? Yeah, I was probably. I think it was because they just arrested the husband. They're like, yeah, he did it. <laughs> and then they also were very much like he did it, and they were like two point dexters. Can I right off the hop say I fully went into this movie like from the opening. Yeah. And then things just kept happening that made me think more and more that the chief of police or whatever or the lead detective or whatever. One of those two detectives was going to be in on it. Was in on it with the guy who did it. And like even when they showed some of the pictures, it looked like the same guy, but it's not the same guy. So I was like, it was him. He knew. And then they yeah. never brought it up. So I was like, okay, I guess it wasn't the same guy. Yeah. That's why I was like, and I understand it happens. Like this is, it's happened on SVU a uh-huh. lot where like the arresting detective or whatever is like, refuses to admit that he might've been wrong. So mm. he like doubles down because people tend to double down when they're wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and that's definitely what they do here. Yeah, so I, that's why I was I was like, I kind of forgot about that. So I just thought he was in on it. Yeah, like I knew because I mean, obviously, I've seen the movie before, so I knew he was innocent. Yeah, you know, like memes and everything. I, I knew that, but what I liked was because I didn't remember how they did it. Like I remember that they showed, you know, him in the apartment with the the fighting the guy, but I didn't remember what order it happened in. So it was a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. that the murder is not like just here's the opening of the movie, here's the murder. It's like spliced into the movie as the movie goes, which actually kind of like if you've never seen it before, like I'm sure you just knowing a little bit about pop culture probably suspected that he was innocent by the but you know Oh, 100%. Like that's the whole point of the movie is yeah. he's an innocent man. Like, and there's but, no mystery that he didn't do it. But but also they they also the way that it's framed though, they they don't straight up show you Mm-hmm. That it, that he is innocent, like he talks about how he's innocent and and everything like that. But like, it's never explicitly. It's not like in the first two minutes of the movie. It's like here's the guy killing his wife. Yeah, you know, and, and then it's like, oh well, now we all know he's innocent, kind of a thing. Like, you're right that it, it's it, he's you know he says that he's innocent, and it's it's very clear that you know he's being billed as the hero, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it is still. I would say subjective, but that's not the word I want. There is room for doubt. There, yeah, there, there is. There's margin for error. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, maybe it is because I knew all like from like pop culture that yeah. he was innocent. But right off the hop, the whole movie is like he's an innocent man, and he like he's trying to prove. Not only does he have to solve his wife's murder, but he has to evade the cops. Like yeah. that's the whole point of the movie. Sorry, not the cops, the troopers, the the, the U.S. marshals. Oh, it's the marshals. The U.S. marshals. <laughs> Oops. Because yeah. the sequel's called U.S. Marshals. I <laughs> yes, should know that. It is called the U.S. Marshals. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah, so it uh, he, he goes off and he goes to prison. And very quickly, like, that's the other great thing, too, about the the whole, like, splicing the murder into the movie thing mm-hmm. is that we get to the, the money shot of the movie immediately of the prison bus crash and the okay. subsequent train thing. Okay, so first, yes, I do. Before we get into that, yeah, I did have to say when she makes that phone call where she's literally dying on the floor, like she's not yeah, going to make the, it. The she's got like the, the brain bleed. She's not going to make it. Yeah, and they play the 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 call and everything, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah, that's like obviously she's dying of massive head trauma. What's coming out of her mouth isn't going to make a ton of sense. No, but it it's incredible. Incriminating. It's very incriminating. Like it's like, ooh, that is some, that is some. Will we call that circumstantial evidence? Mm, I'd say it's a little more concrete than that. It, yeah. it does really sound like she's naming her killer to the police yeah. as she's dying. Also, 
this fall, I hardcore marathon Twin Peaks, as you knew. Yes. I've seen now every episode, the movie, the whole thing. Like I went on a huge deep dive. Might have broke my brain a little bit, but it was like acid flashbacks being like the one armed man, the one armed man, because mm. that's a big part of Twin Peaks is a one armed man. I see. But he also is not the same kind of one armed man. No. He's not a murderer. He is a being from another plane that lives in the Black Lodge and talks to Agent Cooper backwards. Sounds weird as shit. It was weird as shit. I truly enjoyed it. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, delighted by that train sequence. Yeah. The train that, sequence is great. Yeah. And something that we actually learned literally. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. I'm like reading my notes. I'm like, what was poor? I just have that was poorly thought out. What? Why don't oh, I write better notes? I, Why don't I write better notes? I know what this was, though. It was because you said this to me, too, was the escape plan. What were was they? Very like, poorly I understand out. that like. Look, you've got very little chance to escape from death row because mm -hmm. I assume they were all on death row. Yeah. Because he was on death row. I felt like that was a very severe crime, like a punishment for spousal homicide. Maybe because like, she was rich because they, they make a mm -hmm. they made a point to point out that she makes more money than he does. Yeah. She's richer than him. And they're like, one person's like, yeah, but he's a surgeon. And like, it's, it, it's yeah, it's like Tommy Lee Jones that says as much. It's like, he's rich too. Like, what's the. And the thing is, they don't. Because I've watched a lot of forensic files. Uh -huh. They too tend to get into, you know, they were a well-off couple on the surface. Uh -huh. But underneath, he had a mistress and gambling debts and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I miss forensic files. And, <laughs> like, if that were the case with Mr. Kimball. Kimball. Dr. Kimball. He's a surgeon. He's earned the title. If that were the case with Dr. Kimball, it would have been brought up. They'd been like forensic accounting. They would have found, hey, yeah, he, you're right. He is rich. But it turns out he owes like 400 grand at gambling debts. Mm -hmm. So that like surgeon salary isn't going that far. He needs a life insurance. They're going to lose the house. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Nope. It's like he's rich too. Yeah. So he didn't need that money mm -hmm. at all. Um, he obviously shows a passion for his work. So he's not like trying to have an out for what he's doing, like the whole thing, right? Like his motive that they come up with is very shaky. It, there literally is, is that she's richer than he is. Yeah, and that is literally and, the and only he stands motive. Because yeah. like from everything they can see with everybody else, it's they're they're a fairly happy marriage. And like I can imagine being married to a surgeon would be very stressful because like they're never home and yeah. they work crazy hours and probably do a lot of like things to keep them awake because surgeries can go very long mm -hmm. anyway but yeah that plan to escape the bus was um poorly thought out my assumption is it went wrong immediately and whatever they actually planned just went out the window <laughs> like they probably were going to stab that guy and be like give us the keys or we'll kill him yeah and then that dude that guy who's I can't uh, that character actor who's in tons of stuff and I can't remember his name. I see him in a lot of stuff. I'm trying to isn't it? No, Richard Karn is the guy who played Al Borland on <laughs> on Home and I don't think it was Al on Home <laughs> No, it wasn't that guy. That's just the name that I'm that I'm thinking of for that guy. But but that dude, it, it's very quickly revealed that that dude is a coward. And the first thing he does is just unload a shotgun into the guy yeah. rather than attempt to talk him down in yeah. any way, sensitive form. And then he is also the one who shoots the driver, yep. which then causes the bus to crash into the train tracks. Yep. Which, you know, like obviously the, the prison, the prisoners and their their escape were not planning on the uh, the guard to shoot one of them and then also the driver. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, but it, right from the start of that scene, yeah, I was, like, I knew, like, obviously he has to escape, and yeah. I knew when he was on that bus, I was like, I said to you, I'm like, this is the one when they spoof when Homer is in the back of the paddy wagon. And the who shot Mr. Burns. And who episode. shot Mr. Burns. Yeah. When it tips over in the drive-thru and Homer, like, waddles away from it with yeah. the chains, and I was just like, this is it, right? And you were like, yeah, and I'm like. But I literally edge of my seat the moment he got on that bus. I was like, it's going to go down. And yep. it did not disappoint. Yeah, it's That whole scene was thrilling start to finish. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, one, like, 
what happened to all the other convicts? Like, I guess they all died. A, well, a couple of them died because the, the one got shot. Yeah, there was there was another. He the, he saves the guard. There was what? There was three guys on the the bus besides him. There were several. There's quite a few. I think there was only like four of them. There was quite a few. There was the guy who got shot by the shotgun. The other guy who escapes and uncuffs him. Yeah. And then there was one other guy who's never seen again. And I believe they uh, they mentioned that he's dead. Like the they said that they found bodies. Or yeah, they definitely did find bodies. And yeah. that's and then they found the guy that lived. Yes. Under the, that was oh my god. Like it's like oh wow that bus crashed still you know about and then it's like. And here comes a train. And I was yeah. just like, whoever came up with that? Yeah. Mwah, brilliant. And actually, it was funny because I, I was saying before, but we found out right before we started recording, like literally we're sitting in these chairs that we're sitting in right now, that the bus and the train are still there from when they filmed yeah, it. I kind of want to go see them. Yeah. Wherever wherever it was that they but filmed it. I have it. to go to America. Yeah, probably. Anyway. I'm a wuss bus. <laughs> but yeah, that stuff is still there. So if you... uh live wherever they filmed the fugitive pennsylvania i don't know that seemed to be where the movie's supposed to no chicago i don't even remember if chicago then was where the movie takes place yeah it's but, where it takes place but i doubt that's where they filmed the train scene. you never know you never know but yeah and then we like immediately get like he's escaping through the forest he sleeps in brambles this funny is there's actually i never noticed it well i mean maybe i did notice it but i caught it when we were watching it there's a reused shot in the movie yeah like minutes apart from each other interesting he escapes from the train and he's running through the forest and i remember he whacked like there was like a a stick hanging down from one of the trees and he whacked it out of the way and for whatever reason my brain was like he hit that funny and then they repeat that shot moments later (laughs) the exact same shot i didn't catch that yeah because he whacks it again and i'm like wait a minute it was it was during when tommy lee jones shows up and he's making like a speech and and it's when he's making a speech it shows him running again and it's like and i'm like wait that's the exact the exact same shot from before which i I thought was very funny i say the introduction tommy lee jones great but i also kind of feel like and i might be wrong he might be a completely different person in real life i feel like in this movie tommy lee jones was just playing tommy lee jones because i feel like that's what he looks like he acts (laughs) like in real life like not as like he's not a marshal yeah that we know of but that's just how he is that's just how he is like i imagine him showing up on set being like all right this is what we need over here i need craft services over here i need a sandwich (laughs) (laughs) i'd love to see that i feel like that's he does play a lot of like drill sergeant characters, you know, like, like people, he's hard asses. Yeah. Who are in charge and know they're in charge and don't take shit. Like that kind of is like what he's typecast as a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah, maybe that's what he's like. Maybe they're they, they, he auditions for movies and they're like, no, you're the hard ass character. You yeah. you get to be this guy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like trying to think of what he's been in where he's not a hard ass i know all the movies i can think of he's like a a main he's a hard ass like even even in comedies right yeah like men in black he's the hard ass and he's in captain america and he's the hard ass like no country for old men he's a hard ass like i haven't seen that i haven't seen that there's probably some like comedy movie that he's in where it's like him and he's the hard ass guy and then it's like but now you have to raise these teenage girls (laughs) yeah there's probably some straight to dvd movie he made (laughs) wow like there's a ton of these movies but like space cowboys i've seen that oh yeah yeah small soldiers he was the hard ass yep (laughs) yeah like you're you're right like volcano hard ass yeah yeah he's get he gets shit done in volcano yeah so i'm like i i feel like that's just what he is is a hard ass i've almost picked volcano for this podcast so many times (laughs) i just don't know why i don't pull the trigger on it one day one day anyway anyway so yeah so tommy lee jones shows up after that awesome train crash and he he's introduced by like pulling down a pocket on his jacket that shows off his badge and i can't remember what movie it's from but as soon as he did that i just started laughing because there's a movie where they parody that and the guy just keeps pulling badges out like pulling his pockets i could see that being like a leslie nelson movie i feel like i feel like it's jane silent bob strike back and it's will ferrell's character 
Because mm. he has the he does a parody of the the farmhouse speech in that movie because he shows up and he wants to catch the 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 orangutan. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the movie, but I, I just remembered that and I was like, oh yeah, the pockets. But yeah, and he's got his team and I remembered his team and I remember the people on his team to the point where I couldn't remember if something happened in this movie or in U.S. Marshals, which, oh, I, which I told you about because yes. one of the members of his team dies in U.S. Marshals mm-hmm. and I, was, I thought that that was this movie and I kept waiting for it to happen and then he doesn't die. So we get to his team. Yes. And then we get our great Melhouse scene where he's like, ah, my glasses. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's okay. Also, when he goes off, he does like a friggin' flip. Well, okay. Well, Why before, does he do a flip? <laughs> before we get to that, before we get to that, there's a whole sequence of him like getting, you know, like sneaking around town, like stealing like outfits, walking around, pretend, you know, in, in the hospital, sneaking through. Yeah. He saves the guard and then the guard rats him out. Yeah. Well, he also he gets he gets through he gets through the hospital. Could you imagine in this day and age somebody getting through all of like the security checkpoints of a hospital like that today? Like he just goes you know in what though? But like with because we're all wearing masks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but I just in general, right? Like he I don't know. It's hard to say because as long as you act like you belong there, most people aren't willing to speak up. Yeah. Because he like goes into like a patient room. And like, and I don't mean when he takes that guy's clothes and eats that guy's breakfast, Yeah. <laughs> but like he goes into like, I, I can't remember what they're called. We, we spend a lot of time in them because we have a child. So we take them into the ER, not Tri- the, triage. triage. He goes into like a triage room and he treats himself. And like, lucky for him, it was a slow you day. Treat yourself in a triage room. But what, he goes into whatever check room. Maybe it's an examination emergency. room. Examination triage room. is where you show up and they're like, check you. Check whether are you here as like super urgent or like are you going to wait eight hours because there's people with more important shit going on. Well, either way, he goes into an examination room, and lucky for him, it's a slow day because he's able to completely treat his wounds. Yeah, and and then and like with the fully stocked medicine cabinet. And then go off and eat some dude's breakfast. I always remember that, like, where he, like, eats that dude's breakfast. I don't know why. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, he eats this dude's breakfast. I mean, what else is he going to do? He's, he's hungry. He's, he's hungry. He's got to get that food somehow. Did he eat leaves? No, know. but, like, he slept in them. <laughs> he did sleep in them. So, yeah, after all that happens, he smartly gets into an ambulance and then turns the sirens on and goes for it. You know, he's, he's going to get out of there. Yeah. And I, I didn't remember that, like that, that happened so soon. The scene where you're talking yeah, about so much of the, like the things that I thought were like, cause I knew these scenes existed yeah. because of the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So much of this I thought was going to be spread out through the movie. And so much of this happens at the beginning of the movie. But the thing is like, you have your big action stuff at the start. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is more sneaky slash crime solvy. Mm-hmm. Fully admit, and like this is a spoiler for my re- review, never lost my interest. Yeah. Thrilled the whole time. Like even in the, the spots where he's like sneaking around hospitals and stuff, I was like edge of my seat the whole movie. I knew, that's the thing, I know he, I don't want to say, he solves the crime and becomes a free man. Yeah. I wonder, is it a crime to break out of jail, though? Would he go back to jail because he broke out? Or would he be, like, wrongfully convicted? So he, because a lot of people get money when they're wrongfully committed. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. But, like, I knew he was going to solve the crime. I knew about the one-armed man. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know about why the one-armed man. I honestly thought maybe it was just a random killing. Yeah. Because, like, it's Chicago. I, I, that's the thing. I remembered that there was, like, his wife had been killed by the one-armed man. And, this, and that I also, it t- I remembered, I mean, spoilers for the movie, but we're talking about the movie in, in the sense of, like, you know, how do you remember it? When he met his buddy at the country, or no, the tennis club, and he was talking to his buddy, and I'm like, right, it was his buddy that set him up. Like, but I didn't, I had no idea why. Mm. but i remembered that it was the buddy you know what was funny that scene with the buddy and the fact that he doesn't rat him out i was like oh he's cool 
But then later when they're talking to him and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, he's smarter than I am. I was like, that's shifty. Yeah. Something about that clicked. I was like, yeah, because that's, that's the he second knows time. Campbell's smarter than him. Sums up. Because that's, that's when they talk to him and he straight up tells him, oh, yes, I met him. I saw him today and this is what happened. But you'll never catch him because yeah. he's crafty. You yeah, know? he's <laughs> like, smarter than I am. You know? I'm very smart and he's smarter than I am. I mm-hmm. was like, sums up. Yeah. I didn't know what was up. Thumbs up. Yeah. My, my red flags were going up. Yep. So, so he he goes uh they they do the the I don't care scene. Why does he do a flip though? Because it's more interesting. If it were me, I'd be like shit, 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 shit. I feel like <laughs> if the attempt the, the attempt was to because I mean it's a slant, right? Maybe he's trying to jump out so he doesn't hit the wall on his way down. I mean, there is that shot where it's very clearly a dummy for like one second, (laughs) but I didn't hold it against it. It's 1993. It's 1993. And technically, pre-Jurassic Park technology, really, because it's not like all like that was. Anyway. Anyway. But then like Tommy Lee Jones is flat out like, no, he would have lived. And like he would have died. And he's like, "Mm mm-mm. I'm going to find this man. Well, he's not he's not so much that he would have lived, but he's like, I won't believe that he's dead until you can show me a dead body. You know what? Like part of me was like. I felt like he was my boss and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, come on. You know, we wouldn't have lived through that. God, give me a- I go home. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like-, like, that is a man dedicated to his job. Uh-huh. And for all he knows. This guy is a violent criminal that he needs to get out because he's killed before and he's on death row. He's got nothing to lose. He is a violent criminal and people aren't safe as long as he's out on the street. Yeah. And like I had to keep reminding my because like I knew Kimball was innocent. Mm-hmm. I had to keep reminding myself because I I know you're like, oh, Tommy Lee Joe, but I generally had to keep reminding myself of his motivations that he honestly believes and for good reason Mm -hmm. that this is a dangerous person. He is trying to get off the streets before he kills again. Yeah. Like in his mind, letting Harrison Ford go free, (laughs) letting Kimball go free, not the real Harrison Ford, (laughs) unless he's in an airplane (laughs) (laughs) is putting people at risk. Yeah. So he is like, I can't rest until I know that this guy is either dead or behind bars, because if I don't do my job, someone else could die. And that's on my head. And I had to keep reminding myself of that because I kept being like, he's innocent, Tommy Lee. Just just let him him go. Let him go. He's a good person. He's a surgeon. He's a good dude. To be fair, though, there's a high rate of psychopathy or sociopathy or possibly both in surgeons. It's probably why they have so many shows where like surgeons are secret murderers and stuff. Yeah. They're actually like being a sociopath, psychopath, whatever, isn't always about killing people. It's about basically you view them as like they're just puppets in my reality Mm -hmm. and like I'll do whatever I need to do to get whatever I want. And for some of them, that is murder. And for some of them, that is I'm going to be a surgeon. Yeah. So business too. Anyway. You gotta make a lot of sacrifices in some careers, and uh, yeah. Anywho, obviously he lives. He lives. Yeah, he goes off to Chicago to. He gets in a car and is hitchhiking, and then we get. Yes. The the, the misdirect. We get the misdirect. I. You were mad about the misdirect. I didn't care for it, <laughs> but also, you know, also I did, this I didn't, and this was another scene where I was like, okay. I don't truly care. Even even though I know Tommy Lee is doing a good, like an important job to keep people safe, he shoots this poor woman's partner who is probably like, oh my God, my man is free despite him being a murderer. Yeah. Because if he's on death row, that's probably what he did. Mm-hmm. He shoots this guy while she, uh, she's in her bed and he just yells at her. I've gotten toting guys everywhere. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And he's just like, shut up while she's screaming. And I'm just like, probably lines up for like... <laughs> reality but still don't like it yeah yeah that whole scene i felt like it's a pretty long movie it wasn't needed that's like the only thing about the movie that i was like "Mm, 
I felt that it does a great job of rattling up tension where you think that they've caught him and and then it's you know it's obviously it's the misdirect but it it shows just how good they are at their jobs as well you know because like, the thing is they don't mention that other guy throughout they're like kimball 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 yeah if they're like oh we got kimball and we got you know you know our eyes and ears looking for blank you mm-hmm. know we got we got two fugitives that we got to hunt down like they, they're like kimball 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 this other guy it's like oh we caught him by chance if they'd set it up better that they were looking for the other guy too, it would have been better. I did like the misdirect later about them arresting the landlord's son. Yes. That was a better misdirect. That made more that made more sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that he goes back to like like the hospital that he like works in. Well, he knows No, so, no. He, I'm not saying that like I think it's silly. I'm just thinking it, I think oh, it's but I also like, like we learned he's very smart. He's like one arm man, prosthetics. Yeah. He goes into the prosthetics. He poses as a janitor so he could have access to the lab to look up who would fit, like, because he remembers the prosthesis and like. Well, he also he remembers exactly what it looks like. He gets like documentation and like looks up in like medical journals, like what kind of a prosthesis that is. Like, what's the model? What's the so make? he knows how to look it up. Yeah. And then he he uses that to go. And the funny thing is, too, is like he just like steals a janitor's badge and, and just starts showing up. Like yeah. It's not like he's being paid to be there or anything like that no. like, like, as like a secret thing, you know. So he's like doing all this like, quote unquote, his free time. Right? Yeah. Got nothing but time right now. But yeah. yeah, the cops also have such a hate on for this guy, mm-hmm. which, again, made me think that they were in on it. But they're just doubling down. But like. We've been to Chicago, which is rare for me to say I've been to a place because I haven't been to a ton of places. Mm-hmm. We've been to Chicago. And I remember when we showed up and this was what, 2012, what was your Hurricane Sandy, 2012? I think so. Yeah. We drove down there and we were originally going to go to Salem for Halloween and then Sandy hit. Yeah. So we went the other direction and we went to Chicago on a road trip. And I remember when we were driving into the city, it was the end of October and there were like news articles and stuff coming out and there was a sign over the highway that was like we're doing great so far only 36 murders this month and i was like holy shit and then they're like oh guys we actually like really ratcheted it up over halloween so it actually hit like 50 and we we were like well when we were leaving town it was a much higher number (laughs) we were like oh good god (laughs) so what i'm saying is this town gets a lot of murders yeah and this is 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Why do they hate Kimball so much? <laughs> well, I mean, he they he, he doesn't work for the local police. Or you, you mean no, why the, the local lo- cops. You do mean why the local cops. Okay, yeah, no. Why do they hate him they do, so much? They do have a real hate for him. Like, they have, like, that montage where they're, like, talking about, like, it, it's, like, the daily briefing. And they're like, hey, guess who's back in town? It's this shit piece of shit. And we're all going to get him, you know? Yeah, like, like oh, we're going to do whatever it takes. We hate this fucker. And it's just, like, he hasn't done any. And, like, okay, his wife died. And yeah. he, she was killed violently. But nowhere near to the extent of the worst that these guys have ever seen. Yeah. Like, come on. These are homicide detectives in Chicago. They've seen worse. By worse too worse Mm -hmm. like why do i hate this guy is it and then i'm like is it because they know deep down he's probably innocent and they're like we can't get found out that he's innocent yeah or like their brain is just not letting them admit they were wrong Mm -hmm. um i do like when you talk about he's in the hospital he's a janitor we see julianne moore and there's a scene where there's a bus crash there's kids on it and And i turn to you and i go because like anything with kids kind of gets my heart a little tense now that uh, we have one. Yeah. And like, there's a kid having like, and he's a heart specific valve heart surgeon of yeah. some kind. Like he does something he's very a, he's specific. A specific. Yeah. He's a very good spec. Yeah. Very specific specialist. Yeah. There's a kid. He's like, Oh my chest. My yeah. chest. And I'm like, is he going to save this child? Is well, he no, gonna- you said, you said, is he going to save a bus full of children? Yeah. And I'm like, he doesn't save a bus full of children. And then the scene, subsequent scene happens of him investigating and then he starts walking through the hallways and there's a lot of activity. And I'm like, oh, shit, he does save children. <laughs> and I just was like, what the 
fuck is wrong with you? Because <laughs> you were adamant that he didn't. Like, no. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. He does save at least one child. <laughs> and, that, and that was because Julianne Moore's name shows up in the credits at the beginning of the movie. Well, she had scenes cut. That was the thing. Oh, dude. I didn't read that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she, she had a bunch of scenes cut, apparently, that she had in a bigger role, but they were cut. But she does the same thing the cops do. She was pissed at him because she was wrong. She was like, oh, this kid probably just has broken sternum. Put him in, like, the hall. Yeah. As like, no, he he was like, I know exactly what's wrong. He looked at the guy, kid's x-rays. Yeah. And he's like, this kid is going to die. And he just was like, she's like, we need all hands on deck. You, janitor, wheel him over here. He's like, sure. And he just wheels him down to an operating room. And yep. he's like, here's the instructions from the doctor. Bye, bitch. And yep. like saves the kid's life. And Julia Mayor is pissed. It's like, you fucked up. He saved a kid's life. Leave him be. Yeah. he's a hero she knows he's innocent. i do like that throughout <laughs> like he saves the police officer like the not police officer, the guard at the beginning of the movie like yeah. he does a lot of things to help other people even though it puts himself at risk yeah so it is constantly showing us that kimball is a good person mm-hmm. it like it is constantly reminding us that he's a good guy but like it's not heavy it, it's entertaining mm-hmm. it's done well i did like it and then there's a parade yeah, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Which I'm like, it kind of hits me that this movie is very similar in st- structure to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yes, you made comments about <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off during I the said, parade. No, I said, this reminds me of a different movie set in Chicago. And yes. I was just like, this is like the non-comedy version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Maybe that's why like, you liked it so you much. You should bounce around Chicago when yeah. you shouldn't be. And I'm like, there's even a parade. <laughs> And he gets involved in the parade, too. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. just like. He just needed to go to a Cubs game. He's got to avoid, like, people who are looking for him. The the legal official looking for him. The principal versus yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Well, I don't know if you if you noticed. During this, this sequence, when he's running, he uh, Tommy Lee Jones, there's a shot of them running by, like, a, like a sculpture. We went there. We saw that sculpture. Is it the bean? In, um no it's like a is it, maybe it's called the bean i don't know it's like this orange thing oh no no yeah no they run right by that and we were standing and we were there i, I have a photo of us like yeah. in front of it so basically this is ferris bueller's day off but a drama <laughs> about murder <laughs> <laughs> ferris isn't skipping school yeah, he's, he, accused, he's, of he's murder. accused of murder <laughs> he's convicted of murder yeah he's convicted of murdering sloan yeah <laughs> Uh, and it turns, and it turns out it was Cameron out, all along. Cameron all along. <laughs> oh God! There you go. That's the movie that, that you can make. That's the that's the remake of Ferris oh. Bueller's. Um, Do you Matthew Broderick really has killed somebody? I did know that. Yes. That's sad. Yeah. Also, why does he drop the gun in a mailbox? <laughs> Some mail carrier is gonna. Well, it, uh, it's Chicago, though. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's not the first I'm time. Sure, yeah, the, the mail carrier was probably like again, you know. Yeah. But but I feel like it was Free a good gun way for me. Well, it's a good way for him to get rid of the gun and not give it to someone else. You know, like it's not like he just left it somewhere for like a kid to pick up, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, like if he'd thrown it in a garbage can, anybody could have found it. Yeah, but, I love how he basically like got the cops to show up at the one armed man's house very like that was clever mm-hmm. that he'd like he was like <gasps> but then when he's like look at the picture i'm like it goes all the way to the top because <laughs> like that's when he starts to put it together it wasn't just a random killing something's going on he goes and sees jane lynch and he's putting together that like you know the drug trials and things were faked and yeah i i, I like i like though because i actually wrote this down as one of my notes is the the real like the the people the real conspiracy is revealed like 10 minutes before they actually reveal it in the movie yeah like it's like oh this is obviously what happened and then like 10 minutes goes by and then they're like this is what happened and we're like we figured that out like 10 minutes ago but it's like the gotcha can i also so they have the big scene at the ballroom Yes. Where it's like, you know, the his buddy Nichols is it's Nichols, right? I think so, yeah. Is getting an award for like No, he's he's giving a speech at a conference speech, yeah, about how they, the drug that this is all one, over. One of the things he says mm-hmm. is it has literally no side effects. Yes. And I'm like, Tylenol has fucking side effects. Aspirin has side effects. I am on uh an alpha beta blocker for my blood pressure. 
I have been told it is the one they give weak old ladies and pregnant people because it's like the gentlest one and it's working for me, which is great. Even it has side effects. Yeah. Like it's possible side effects of like you can get dizzy. Like every foods have side effects. Everything has a side effect. He's like, there's literally no side effects. I'm like, that is suspicious. And any doctor who does not, who's sitting there would be going red flag ding, ding, mm-hmm. up because every drug has a side effect. Yeah. But again, that's, that's what this is all about. The whole reason that he, he was hiding side. He effects. was trying. Yeah. He was hiding the, the side effects. And the person who would have figured it out was Kimball. He sent the one armed man there to kill Kimball and he killed his wife instead. Yeah. So, and like realistically, if he hadn't escaped, it would have been a much better plan than just killing outright Kimball because like, why would that be? And that's the other thing. So like Sykes was a former police officer, mm-hmm. like the one-armed man. So I was, again, I was like, oh, the cops are involved because he's a former cop too. So he- Well, you thought one of the photos of Sykes was him and the detective. Yeah, but like I was like, and it too. makes sense if he was a former cop, then he probably has a buddy on the inside- uh, as a cop who is like it's like you got to make sure people continue to think this guy is guilty or mm-hmm. else we're all going down you know yeah they never did that so maybe it was in the film and it got and they cut, got cut. Yeah. i don't know either way when nichols kind of freaks out he's like oh let's go talk over here dr kimball uh, and then it's like look then kimball a- flat out is like there are side effects liver damage dying people it doesn't work blah 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 in front of everybody who matters. I'm like, the stock price is already like, it's like, yeah. And Nichols then like, he's like, there's a big chase scene at the end. And like the cops with the helicopter and they're fighting in an elevator shaft. That's crazy. And it's awesome. But I'm like, what does Nichols think is this out is? Yeah. His career is over. It's done. He's like going this, to jail. When this is over, he's not going to walk out the front door a free man. Like yeah. it's done. Like, he's like, I understand like at that point, he's probably just running on adrenaline and, probably cocaine and it's just like <laughs> maybe what is it 93 he's on cocaine i mean he, yeah he's he's not thinking rationally but at the same time what's he gonna do just be like well you got me yeah oopsie doo <laughs> whoopsie doodle <laughs> <laughs> my bad guys yeah let's call it a mulligan yeah because like he's heavily invested in the the company that's making the the drug and at first you think it's another doctor but he died and yeah. then it wasn't him but it was and it was obvious that be, just the second they're like oh yeah that guy died it was like well that's very obvious that that guy was murdered as well yeah because he was <laughs> killed in a car accident so yeah. he was murdered so they're like it was a neat little caper but it all came together like a- it was in for- wrapped up in a nice little package and then he and Tommy Lee the ride off into the sunset together and best bros yeah they had like a nice little like well, yeah, now like we're it's, now it's we're not, best buds. It's not Tommy Lee Jones's job to investigate the crime. It's his job to arrest a wanted fugitive. Yeah. That's like a convicted fugitive that's escaped. Like again, I had to keep reminding myself that his job was not to. He literally says, "I don't care if you killed your wife or not. That's not my job." Yeah, I mean, in the course of their investigation to catch him, they discover. Based off of him being like, look, here's all of the evidence that, yes, he is innocent. Yeah. And I mean, from that point on, he's not antagonistic towards him at all. So, yeah. He's yeah. like, look, we still need to bring you in. But yeah. like. But I mean, we have all of the evidence that you didn't. Yeah. Do. I'm not going to kill you in the effort of bringing you in. I'm just going to be like, look, we need to bring you in. the end, he like takes off his handcuffs. Yeah. He's like, oh, They're very buddy, buddy. It's like, Which, you know, this was, you were a worthy adversary, sir. It was like yeah, Tom and Jerry of. at the end coming to a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> or like, uh, what was it? Pokemon, when Brock and <laughs> Ash become best friends after not so liking each other. He's like, look, I'll never get a job as a surgeon again. Maybe I'll try my hand at being a U.S. Marshal. And maybe he's smart enough. Maybe he comes a PI, smart enough to solve crimes, Ooh. right? You know? You know? But is he motivated enough? That's true. <laughs> he needs to know all of the victims or be accused of all of the murders before he can solve them. He has to be convicted of a crime before he can solve it. <laughs> oh my God. Some exec at Fox will just somehow magically be listening to this episode. And be like, that's a great idea. That's write it down. Idea. Write it down. We're going to be like, no, that's our idea. Oh, that's funny. You know, they, they made a new fugitive. It was on that Quibi thing. Ugh. And Kiefer Sutherland is in it. 
And he's the, I don't know if he's the same character, but he's essentially the Tommy Lee Jones character. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then it was like on Quibi. And I was like, never mind. And I never heard anything else about it ever again. But I like that I was watching a really old movie with Donald Sutherland in it. I didn't even realize it was Donald Sutherland because I hadn't even looked at the credits. And you were like, oh, that's Donald Sutherland. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, there's a lot of kefir in that face. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then he turned just right. I was like, oh, I see it. Yeah. I watched it a lot of 24. I know Kiefer Sutherland's face very well. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, (laughs) it was, was Dr. Terror's house of horrors or something like that. It was an anthology. But anyway, the only person I knew who was in it was Peter Cushing. So it was like when Christopher Lee showed up, I was like, Oh, and then you were like, that's Donald Sutherland. And I was like, Oh yeah. Anyway, Tommy Lee Jones and, uh, and Harrison Ford, they drive off into the Best sunset. Bros for life. Best bros. I actually, I can't remember if there's ever a mention of him in the sequel because it's a spinoff. It's not even a sequel. It's a spinoff when they do U.S. Marshals. Yeah. But I can't, I seem to remember I was like, do they talk about him? And I don't think they do. I mean, I like how, how many fugitives has he tracked down over the years? They're not going to talk about every single one. Yeah. You, know, you never know. Maybe they did. I don't remember. Either way, maybe when we get to, maybe we'll do U.S. Marshals if it meets the criteria. I think it does. I think it does. I remember that movie being popular, and I've seen it before too. It's got Wesley Snipes in it. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what we thought of this movie. Critics in 1993 had their own thoughts. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? So, this movie currently holds a 96% critical approval rate and an 89% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Gene Siskel said, I've already seen The Fugitive twice. I'll probably see it again. Damn. Yeah. The only negative review I could find, negative, was a three out of five, so still decent, from Jay Boyer of the Endo Sentinel. While there are actors in this film, there isn't much room for acting. The rapid editing and near absence of dialogue reduces the actors to action figures with colorful labels pasted on their foreheads. <laughs> Our old pal Roger Ebert said, Davis paints with bold visual strokes so that the movie rises above its action film origins and becomes operatic. Like an opera. Mm-hmm. Not like run by an operator, but like it's beautiful. I get it. I get it. Uh, it won... The best supporting Oscar for Tommy Lee Jones. That's how you get your spinoff. And it was nominated for Best Picture and four Tech Awards. Best Probably picture. for that train crash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also won Best On-Screen Duo at the MTV Movie Awards and Best Action Sequence for The Train Wreck. Mm-hmm. It was also nominated for Best Movie and Best Male Performance. Those are really the only ones that I think, nostalgia-wise, that matter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good times, good times. Normally, because it's my pick, I would go first. But you kind of said what yours was, so I figured. Oh yeah, it's a double. I I'm I am shocked. I've never seen it before. I had no interest in watching it before. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, why have I not seen this? This movie was great. Like, mm-hmm. I want to watch other movies like this. But I'm like, what other movie is like this? I besides U.S. Marshals. <laughs> U.S. Marshals. It's a good question. Um, I I actually uh, I was like, I feel like I'm gonna watch this. And I'm not going to remember, like, I'm going to remember the action scenes and then I'm going to forget, and I forget that the rest of the movie is boring kind of a thing. Oh. Like, like, that's how I felt that mm-hmm. I was going to feel like that. And it wasn't like that at all. No. Like, it, like you said, like it, the action stuff is mostly contained to the beginning. There's like the train crash. Then there's the, the damn fight thing yeah and but and then obviously there's the 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 patrick saint patrick's day chase later yeah but that's after a lot of lower energy stuff like there's i mean yeah even lower energy is like there's just a lot less action yeah. but it's still very it's still tight very interesting and very tense i w- i was not disappointed at all no. I-, I was very happy with the film and I, I i was really glad that uh that we watched it it was a double Good. letter as well yeah Good beautiful yeah so there you go double butters all around yeah good pick hon it was a fantastic pick i really enjoyed it excellent i'm glad to hear that well now it's up to you because that's what we thought of this week's burnt popcorn but next week we will be looking not next week but whenever we get to it in some time in two weeks in bi-weekly i got a question for you yes 
You know what? No, I think I, I got my heart set on which one I want to watch. Oh, did you have like a 50-50? You weren't did. quite sure? I think we're going to watch our first 2002 movie. Oh, interesting. Came out February of 2002. Uh-huh. We are going to watch The Queen of the Damned. I've never seen it. I don't think it's going to be a resounding success like <laughs> The Fugitive was. Okay. <laughs> let's just Let's just put this... Into perspective. <laughs> the Fugitive. We both really enjoyed it. <laughs> Has a spin-off sequel, <laughs> U.S. Marshals, that will probably end up doing some point down the line. You have picked Queen of the Dam, which is kind of a sequel, prequel. Spin-off sequel. Spin-off sequel. <laughs> to Interview with a Vampire, which we hated. <laughs> I cannot wait to see how this goes. I, I, spoiler alert, I loved this movie in high school. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've had no interest in ever seeing it. <laughs> the only thing I know about it is that the guy from Linkin Park is somehow involved, either in the soundtrack or he's in the movie. No, it's not the guy from Linkin Park. It's the guy from Korn. Is it? Okay. Yeah, he plays the voice of Lestat. <laughs> Wow. All right. It's going to fuck. It's going to be a fuck. <laughs> it's going to be fuck. All right. Well, <laughs> look forward to that. But this week's episode of Bird Popcorn, I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you again uh, soon. Bye. <laughs> it's going to be wild. You're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs>